Hello and welcome to the Leading Line podcast. Chris here, I hope you're keeping well and staying safe. And we are back once again to review the weekend's SWPL1 action. And today I've of course got with me my good friend, my super trooper on Eurovision weekend, uh, is Mr Campbell Finlayson. Campbell, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, but we're living out of boxes from everything in the kitchens away. We've got a new kitchen put in, which has meant that points today we've had no electricity, no water, no internet, no anything. So it's just been one of these real frustrating days where... I mean, I'm sitting here looking in my living room, looking at an oven. Kind of tells you all you need to know at the minute, and then just boxes of stuff that you wouldn't even think could fit into a kitchen. So that's just frustrating. But life is fine. It was a good weekend. Bit dead after Saturday, but Eurovision done me on Sunday, and then some SWPL action too. So let's go. Yes, Campbell uh, walked around twenty non-league grounds in, in, in the Glasgow. 16, 16, 19 teams, thirty-three miles, a lot of sore legs and stuff. Yeah, and if you want to donate, he was raising money for Mary Hills. If you want to donate, go to his Twitter. I'm sure he's still got the link up for it, if it still exists. I'm sure it still does. Probably. I mean, <laughs> it's probably a bit late by now. I'm just... If you want to donate, fine. If you don't, also fine. Awesome. Just, just I, be happy. I didn't like Eurovision, obviously. I, I thought Italy was a bit of a, a bum winner, but, you know. It was like it. lots, lots like of good it, songs no. this year. Lots of good songs. It was a very good contest, yeah. I like it, though. I'm... In the midst of listening through it, and I quite enjoy listening to these things again. So yeah, my Italian's improving, and that's shouting things at my family in Italian. Probably not the best <laughs> way to go about it, but it's also the censored version, like it was on Saturday night. So aye, all good. But your division's done. Football time. Yes, like we'll get away from just general chit chat. I feel like I've hit record <laughs> too early uh, this time. But um, yeah, we'll get away from general chit chat and we'll get straight into SWPL. It was a big weekend. Um, we had an old firm game, Glasgow City against Hibs, Spartans 4 for Farmington and Hearts Motherwell. So without further ado, let's start at the Rangers training centre. Rangers 1, Celtic 2. Massive game in terms of both the title race, in terms of how that will shape up in the, weeks to, in the last three game weeks we've got now, um, and also for the Champions League places. Um, Coming into this one, obviously Rangers hadn't beaten Celtic yet this season. They actually had uh, won the victory over any of the other, uh, I say any of the other, other than Glasgow City and Celtic. And Celtic obviously have had a bit of the Indian sign. And in the early stages, Campbell, it looked very similar. Lizzie Arnott had a, a chance, kind of cleared off the line by Chloe Warrington and Brogan here had a chance where she kind of crossed slash shot. Um, and then, as Celtic seemed to do against Rangers, they they got uh, they got the goal. Um, first of all, really good save from Jenna Fife to deny Mariah Lee after the uh, the kind of free kick came in. Did really well to claw it wide, but from the resulting corner, Kelly Clark um, looked like Zoe Ness was maybe the one that should have been on her. Let her run free. Really easy header. Good good goal for Celtic, and they're one 0 up within twenty minutes of the game starting. I like you say Rangers were the better team um, for most of it, but they've been like that in a lot of games where you're on top but you're no scoring if you don't score. You're always leaving yourself vulnerable to the other end, and obviously Celtic got that goal. It's, it's dreadful defending. They put trying to be nice about it. It's just just been left inside the six-yard box, free ahead the ball into the net. I mean, which you kind of be doing, um, but it kind of gave Celtic something to hold on to that we'd said before the first goal was going to be crucial. And obviously, Rangers get back into it, but Celtic always just seemed to have that bit more fight about them, and in the end, obviously they, they come out on top. But that first goal was, set, was certainly important for them. Yeah, it certainly was, and um, it was. A, I think I think it was like friends and family that were in at uh, the the training centre uh, on Sunday, just having a look at some of the photos and some of the similar faces to players and, and people in the stands. But um, 
Yeah, it was a very similar story for Rangers, but different from usual as they managed to get a goal back. Though Campbell, I mean, Rachel McLaughlin had a shot from range, but yeah, it's not, it's not, a, it's not one that Chloe Logan will uh, be putting in a highlight reel anytime soon. I don't quite understand what's happened with it because it's like she's almost seen the the ball is like a meter further further over from where she was because she's put her hand up as if she's going to put it over the bar and. She's just missed it. It's, it's um, yeah. I mean, it, it gives Rangers a goal against Celtic eventually this season, but it's definitely, definitely a gift in that respect. Uh, it was a howler. Um, I, I, Pacific kind of went off the bar and herself, and just it was just a mess. But um, kind of should have given Rangers something to a bit, a bit of confidence almost. The fact that a game they've fell behind them when they thought they were the better side to then get a goal back like that, they'll be, be happy with it. Um, Chloe Logan's obviously apologised to her teammates, not have you, and the fact they went on to win the game makes it all kind of irrelevant now. But if that had been something that had denied Celtic three points, it's it's not one she would have been uh, best pleased with. But um, Major McLaughlin's first goal for Rangers as well, and something she deserves after her performances since she's uh, moved across the city. Yeah, I mean we're not we're not in the business of going into heavy, but I think yeah, not not a great a great moment for Chloe that one, uh, and it did seem like Rangers maybe seized the initiative because she, Chloe Morgan then did make amends uh, a few minutes later. Um, nice work on the, the Rangers right hand side. He says bring these L's out to make sure he gets it the right way around. And Brogan Hay is there to kind of nip it in front of the defender, curve shot round the body, but a good parry save uh, from Chloe Logan, and it goes in at half time one each, and it felt it still felt like as you said. Still feel like Rangers really had the momentum in the game, even though Celtic had obviously gone one 0 up at the start. They have done, I think, for pretty much all the times they've played Celtic Rangers. But um, as you say, this, if you're not putting the ball in the net, then it's going to come back to kill you. And then it did. I mean, Celtic's winning goals just as bad defender as it was for the first one. You can't believe in anyone free in the six-yard box to get ahead on goal. Good finish from Sarah Ewans, but it shouldn't be getting the chance to do it. And then it just kind of summed up Rangers' mentality in these games almost. I think we've, we've mentioned it before, but it just seems as if Celtic and, and Glasgow City are just they've got it a wee bit more in their head about how we're going to win a game. And Rangers, if, see, once they get ahead and some of the football they play is fantastic, we know that. But, I mean, what, five games against City and Celtic and they've won one and that was against a City team that was missing almost everyone that they've got now. And went on to lose the other three against I mean, a Celtic side as well who are obviously a good team, but... They're never a side that has looked like beating Rangers, but then went and done it in all three games. So, I mean, it's it's not good for Rangers. Neil. Yes, it's the first season as professional club, obviously, but they want to they want to improve. But big, big win for Celtic and keeps their fantastic run going. Yeah, it does keep their run going. Um, Campbell skipped ahead to the goal, but that's because the second half was not pretty, r- pretty rubbish. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think there seemed to be like... Uh, <laughs> Um, the, the weather app had one wee droplet of rain, but there was actually about 50,000 droplets of rain, both at the Rangers Training Centre and at Broadwood, where I was. Uh, it just seemed to <laughs> rain non-stop um, once it kind of started. But yeah, absolutely nothing happened that second half. It was it was really poor. And then, as you mentioned, it's almost identical, that goal, because again, Jenna Fife does well to deny Caitlin Hayes arching back. She just is enough to put it, put it onto the crossbar. And then from the resulting corner, a front post run from Sarah Ewans goes untracked. Easy header, 2-1 Celtic. And then, even from there, Campbell didn't really feel like Rangers were, were going to bounce, bounce, bounce back from that. No, they didn't really create too much Rangers. I know, obviously, Rogan Hay went off injured, but 
they just seem a wee bit devoid of ideas. And I think it's that way when they go behind, they don't seem to know how to react to it. Whereas some of the other sides we've mentioned, Celtic and City, they went behind in games. And then they've looked that bit stronger to go and hold out to either come back or to hold on to the lead they've got. So, I mean, it's something Rangers only need to work on. But, I mean, it was almost comfortable for Celtic. Yes, it was quite a late goal they got, but Rangers never really looked like troubling them after that went in. And in the end, Celtic were not comfortable, but the last few minutes were were easier for them than they would have expected. So, uh, a good win for them, certainly. And obviously, Fran Alonso will be delighted with that. Yeah, he's always uh, pretty animated on those sidelines, Fran. I think we've talked about how... Do you know what? In fact, we, we love football, so seeing people enthusiastic for football is always... Always like something that... Like, see, it doesn't always go... It isn't everybody's cup of tea, but, you know, um, when you win a derby, you're going to be happy about it. So I think that's fair. But I think, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about the Glasgow City Hibs, Hibs game in a moment. Uh, but obviously that that win put Celtic within three points of Glasgow City. But for Rangers, it's uh, it feels like it's unravelled a little bit in these last three weeks. Obviously the defeat to Glasgow City and now now to Celtic, they are now third place. They're out of the Champions League in positions. They are still, of course, in in with a shout because of obviously football as we're about to talk about can throw up um, results you don't expect. But it's really kind of gone away for a Rangers team who at the start kind of when they made those transfers in December looked like they were going to run away with the league and what's what's your thought on it why what do you think's maybe caused caused that i've got i've got a theory i think i can in my head i've got like an idea as what maybe has has kind of been part of that but what, what has, what's been your take on it watching them over this second part of the season i mean it's been strange i think they kind of they're not going to be expecting an easier game but it's almost a case of rangers have probably got the best start in the living in the league they, they'll certainly think so anyway and they've the fact they beat City so comfortable before Christmas, they maybe thought, right, this is our chance now, we're ahead of them here. Yeah, there was a long break, but they kind of come back, and it's that way of, we're now the ones on top, and maybe a lot of them aren't used to being there. Players that have left City, of course, will have been, but that's only, what, three, three of the squads? I mean, there's still a few players there that are just maybe not used to being the ones being chased, and it's also not been easy for them. Um, but it, it just seems to come down to that mentality thing again. I mean... Glasgow City have got players who've been there and done that in Scotland and others now that come in from other countries that are knowing how they can hold on how to win a game, hold to, kind of, to, to play it out, to get the three points. Um, and Celtic have shown that as well. Celtic have been had the right good mentality in these games, whereas Rangers just seem to they seem to go all over the place when, when they go when they concede a goal. They've not conceded many all season, which is why they've obviously accrued so many points. But in the games where they have done, they don't be able to break anyone down. Celtic have got a goal and they've kind of, they've held off them. City were two nothing up early on, and Rangers just couldn't get through their defence. And it's it's a strange one because obviously you look at the money that they've spent to get these players in, and they do have a really good side there. But the squad depth is something they're lacking that City and Celtic can't, and it's something that seems to just help those two get over the line when in games where, where Rangers won't. And that that's maybe the point I'm kind of keen to touch on because. We've talked about squad depth quite a lot, and we t- we have mentioned the fact that I think the general consensus, and I'm sure somebody will tell us we're wrong here. The general consensus is that the Rangers starting eleven is probably the best in the league. Um, I think the Glasgow City one now gives it a run for its money with the the signings he made in December. But I think that's where everything changed because in that month, Celtic had players go out, but they brought players in, and Glasgow City obviously needed to bring players in, and they did bring players in. They brought in quality for that as well, and Rangers kind of held on to their lot, and obviously. They've had Megan Bell out, Kirsty Howitt getting her injury, and Demi Vance has been out all season. But even then, the squad's still short. And when you're looking to change a game, 
as they were looking to change the game on, on Sunday against against Celtic, they, they didn't have anything to bring on. Brogan Hay, as you said, went down injured. She's obviously been their bright spark now for pretty much this this whole kind of running um, in terms of that. And then when she went down, they looked to the bench and they brought in Emma Brownlee. Emma Brownlee's a good player, she but she's a fullback. She's an attacking fullback. If you're needing creativity and you're bringing on an attacking fullback, and then when you're chasing the game once you've gone two one down with eight minutes on the clock and you're bringing on Sonia Neal and Carla Gerasoli, a, a midfielder and a centre back, it, it tells me that the, 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 the squad isn't quite right for that in terms of what the what, what they're trying to achieve. And I wonder, Campbell, we've talked about how easy it is for not easy, that's the wrong term, but we've talked about these kind of games against the lesser teams and winning these games. And actually, do you know what? Maybe Celtic have struggled a little bit a couple of times, but they've still won them. They've still won them quite comfortably. And at the same time, they've been able to rest players like that. The game against Hearts the other week, seven changes that were made to that team. Same with the game against Motherwell. And Glasgow City have also rotated their team kind of throughout these weeks. We talked about before, we're not entirely sure what Scott Booth thinks is his best 11. We're still not entirely sure. Um do you think that's maybe played a part now, especially with the, the way that the game's becoming thick and fast? It's all very well having a strong 11, but when you're playing two two games a week pretty much for the rest of the season, do you think that's maybe had an effect as well? Definitely well have done. I mean, Celtic have got a lot of young players there, but they're players that have been playing for a few years now and again this season, and clearly they're at a level where they're good. And if you look at Rangers, don't they'll have many youngsters coming through that are there that you think could start a game, whereas Celtic can, City can, and they've done so. And rest of players, I mean, you look at Celtic bench for, for the weekend, there is the Atkinson, for example, is one that's come across obviously from Ireland and she's, when I've seen her this season, there's been another player that is, is getting on the ball, can create, can score goals. Again, London Pollard obviously started well for Forfer coming in. A lot of other young ones there that we're talking about there and obviously Chloe Craig has just hit 200 games and there she is on the bench, but as a player that can come off, they've got that experience, whereas Rangers don't really when they're bringing players on. As you say, Brogan Hay comes off and... I mean, there's not really anyone else on that bench that you think, oh, in a minute, they're going to come on and they're going to run at someone down there. You mentioned, obviously, Emma Brownlee, Dana Boomer, players like that, who are maybe a bit more attacking, but realistically, they're still full-backs and they're just not quite the same. City, I mean, their bench is ridiculous, no matter how many changes they make. I mean, you're looking, I think it was four for the week, and they're bringing on the likes of Leanne Crichton, Hayley Lodham. These are Scotland internationals that have played at, like, at massive World Cups and European Championships and what have you, big, big tournaments. And they're not guaranteed to be starting for Glasgow City. These sides have just got that depth that Rangers simply don't have. And I think it's it's one of these things that is going to kill Rangers at the end of this season because they've just got, they're just lacking that depth. And obviously, they've lost Kirsty Howitt, who was, was scoring plenty of goals. They don't really have an out, another out and out centre forward like Zoe Ness, Lizzie Arnett can play there. But they're different strikers to, to um, Kirsty Howitt. And they're not the sort of players that you look at go, they're definitely going to be in there getting these goals that Kirsty would get. And it's, Something Rangers will certainly need to do to, to beef up the squad for next year. Yeah, absolutely. But let's, before we move on to the Glasgow City Hubs game, I think we need to give the last word to Celtic because obviously at the end of the day, they got the result. They are now in the pole position in terms of challenging City for, for the title. And Fran Alonso deserves credit because he, he definitely has something with this team. We've talked about maybe they're not quite at the level of Rangers and Glasgow City, but you definitely, when you watch them, they definitely have something about them in terms of maybe. This is very cliche, but there is that feeling of like togetherness. They all seem to get on. There is that, and is an intangible with that Celtic team at the moment. It feels to me whenever I watch them play. You notice that it doesn't matter what game it is Celtic are playing or who they're playing. I mean, 
Fran Alonso, as we mentioned, is very animated, but he's always with the players. And the players seem to love going towards him at the end of games and with each other. There is that real sort of camaraderie between them. Um, when you see the way he celebrates everything, it doesn't matter who they're playing. I mean, they're playing Spartans of the week, they're in the midweek, they're already 2 3 nothing up, and there he's cheering goals if it's the last goal they'll see in his life. It's There's just that real, right, we can do this sort of thing. And at the start of the season, Celtic were still having their own teeth and problems. I mean, Drew before for who, with all due respect, they probably should be beaten, and suddenly an extra two points there. They're even closer to City. So, I mean, they'll be really pleased with this season. Obviously, the run they've went on has been to us, like, what, about 10 games unbeaten at the minute? They really do have that sort of team spirit that I think maybe not that there's a lacking, but it, it certainly seems stronger at Celtic. And I think with a full season kind of under their belts, so maybe more players to come in to strengthen it. You'd imagine they'll be at it again next season. It wouldn't surprise you to see. I mean, obviously, could do this season. Still, fancy that he'll probably be too strong, but there is certainly a chance of Celtic where they'll look at and think that the title could be when they reach, if not this year, then definitely next. Well, yeah, because uh, I mean, there is a scenario if the results go that way that on the final day of the season, Rangers could beat Glasgow City and and give Celtic the title. That that is a scenario that could happen now. So, from thinking that the league was done just a week ago, Campbell, we now are back on the, the title hunt. So let's let's head to Broadwood where I uh, pitched up on Sunday. Um, two reasons: one, um, I knew people would be covering Glasgow Rangers against Celtic; they always do. Uh, and secondly, fans were back. And I know fans were back at the 4 for Farmington game uh, in the midweek. Um, we know that, uh, obviously, that was confirmed to us by David in terms of numbers there. But, ah, you know, Campbell, it was good to have... It's cliche as fuck, but it was good. It was good to have uh, actual shouting, actual... Even even when um, our boy Craig, who does the tannoy at Glasgow City, was reading out the player names and they were getting a wee round of applause... Stuff like that. It was good getting a, a halftime Capri Sun and caramel wafer. Oh, it was magic. Absolutely loved it. I mean, I was still sitting on my Todd with nobody around about me because I was the only media person there that wasn't filming it for TV. But um, yeah, having fans back is good. And Campbell, we talked about it in the last podcast. We didn't know if it was going to happen, but also Glasgow City did, Spartans did, they know for for have. It's good to see. It is good to see. Makes a difference. I mean, the players will notice it more than anyone else as well. I mean, People, you're used to kind of now, if you've been to these games where there's nobody there, you, you are getting used to it. But everyone at every level will say that they miss the fans being there. And even, it wasn't a huge number, of course, with restrictions and what have you. But as you say, there's folk there making noise. And I mean, on the part everyone's making out, it was one of the best down I've ever seen. I don't think it was that great from bits I've seen. But anyway, um, so it's probably not the best game you want as your first game back. But folk will be happy with it to see that there, to see that they can get back to to watch live football and then the players will be happy as well so hopefully we can see more of that and eventually get back to just turning up to a game without having to follow rules and restrictions or if you just just to be there but for now it's a start and it's, it's definitely something that we'll, we'll see hopefully over the next few weeks um, and the rest of the SWPL1 season and hopefully the SWPL2 as well if, um, if the venues allow it Yeah absolutely and um, yeah on the on the game itself um it was pretty, pretty uneventful for quite a lot of it, um, which is why I was very glad there was fans to, to, to talk about and, and write about and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hibs set up to kind of play how Hibs have started playing in these big games, which is kind of frustrating hitting the counter. And I mean, there was they nearly kind of blew that game plan out of the water within the first minute. Uh, Ellis Notley with a kind of loose pass at the back and Priscilla Chinchilla had a chance, but a pretty tame effort um, from the edge of the box, which was easily saved by... Emily much and then 
I, the next time I had in my notes, so I try and do like kind of stat pads for these, so I've got stuff to refer back to. And the next thing I had in my notes was Haley Lauder had a chance in the 43rd minute, which was Curry kind of killed white. It was very, very uneventful first half. But I do I do think it did pick up in the second. And I think it picked up in the second because people knew what the score had been at the Rangers training centre. I, I was obviously checking it. I was watching. I watched watched the last fifteen minutes at half time while I was eating my caramel wafer and drinking my Capri Sun, and then uh, and then I think that obviously fickle to the stands. And you know what? See as the game progressed, you could see that as particularly the Glasgow City um, bench and some of the players that they were aware that a win would really, really probably do do it for them, given what would need to happen in the final games. But didn't really happen. And to be honest, Campbell, they. They didn't really create much. A couple of Jenna Clark headers that kind of they might. And for me, in that last twenty minutes, I thought Hibs looked the most dangerous in terms of the way they were counting through Amy Gallagher and Ailey Adams. And there was a couple of times where maybe a bit better decision making or maybe a bit of some fresher legs that Hibs could have could have snatched, uh, snatched the the victory. Two strange teams at times, City and Hibs. I mean, City a lot of the time have just kind of. They've, been, they've not looked great during games, but I've been able to get through it because obviously the quality they've got there. And then there's others where they've turned up. They turn up. And the Hibs are another team who, who you've watched them against some of the sides around them in the table and they've, they've been underwhelming, yet they've then went up against the likes of City and Celtic and were able to go in and play well in these games to score goals. And where does it come from? There's just real lack of consistency there. So, I mean, Hibs, who are still be chasing, well, they're in fourth, obviously, but that will be their the chasing fourth, sorry, will be their aim um, for the end of the season. But, like, <laughs> I don't know why they seem to turn up against City, who themselves just seem to kind of be then really out of second gear for most of the game. And then, obviously, it could have cost them. Um, if Ailey Adams was aware she was in her own half rather than um, in the City half at that chance yeah, late on, they would have got the ball there. But there wasn't really many great chances, as you say. And I think a draw's probably a fair result. It was a, it was a strange one that just kind of you were never really sure if anyone was going to win it. It's just sort of a, some poor decision making, I think, kind of just killed it off a wee bit. But aye, it was um, it, just, it was a strange one. I don't quite know how to sum it up. Just from what I've from what I watched of it, it was it was just a strange game. I don't think either side was fully at it. Both will feel they could have won it, but I think both would also be maybe content with a draw. I think I, I think I messaged you at half time saying Hibs, Hibs could get a result here because. For whatever reason, City just Hibs had snuffed them out. I mean, I think um, I'd, I'd kind of put a, a tweet out after the game saying how I thought Colette Cavanaugh is maybe one of the more underrated players in the SWPL, and it's because I think she just does like she goes into she tackles. She's like we talk. We were having a joke about it earlier. It's because she she's always in about it when they take the pictures for the games. There's always a picture of Colette Cavanaugh either getting smashed or trying to smash somebody. And I mean. That there's maybe not quite enough of that sometimes, and I mean the the amusing thing about the the game uh, um, yesterday, we've got this on Monday, I'm going to put it straight away, um, is that because it rained so much and because obviously blood was an artificial pitch, by the end of the game there was lots of sliding like four four or five meters like across the ground to kind of wait tackles, and there was lots of great tackles, and I think I mentioned Jenna Clark missed those two headers, but she put in a couple of. Um, Pretty important analogies. Uh, one of the breakaways, Amy Gallagher and Ailey Adams were clean away. And if, if Amy maybe looked up and put it in a little bit earlier, could they gain Ailey Adams a shot at goal? But as it was, she tried to beat Jenna Clark on the outside. And a really good tackle from Jenna to kind of thwart that attack. Then obviously Colette Kavanagh had a had a chance where she was just offside. 
looking for replays, and obviously we have to stop and rewind it because we don't do replays on the, the highlight show. Don't know why, but we should, because that was an important talking point that I'd like to have, have seen again. Um, and then I think the one at the end, if Ailey Adams had that opportunity 20 minutes in instead of 93 minutes in, she would have got to that ball, but you could see she was she was spent. She was absolutely done. She was, I, I, you could even from like the back of the stand where I was, I could see like every sinew try to turn the cogs, and then obviously she just she just collapsed um, after Lee Alexander beat her to it. But yeah, from that, then Joel Love had a shot over the bar. But yeah, I think that one was probably fair, um, which is weird because I've seen two games now with fans in, and they've both been nil nil. So maybe fans need to go away again. <laughs> um, but in terms of Glasgow City, this is it. This is like the, the snooker that Rangers and Celtic need for one of a for one of a, a different sporting analogy. And I think you're right. I think come full time they'll be the Glasgow City. They're always disappointed not to win. But given how that game went, a point keeps them in control. It's still very much all in their hands. If they win all their games, they're still champions. But I will, I will give the, the last 20 minutes was exciting because of what the stakes it became in play and you could feel everybody and having fans help with that in the stadium. But yeah, not not a thriller, but an important point because I, I lost with Glasgow City and that would have maybe changed things completely. What they done? I mean, Hibs will be happy with, I think, getting a draw away to City, you're, you're delighted with that. Um, City are never happy if they don't win. Understandably, with the standards they've set themselves over the last decade plus. Um, so to at first, at first they would have looked at it, they would have been disappointed. But I think if they kind of look back on it now, they'll look at the table and think it's it's another point, probably closer to it. I mean, there's fixtures at the end up until Rangers. You'd expect them to win. Rangers, of course, is not going to be an easy one, but. At the minute, with the way Rangers go in these big games, you would have to fancy City there. So they're still in the driving seat, but there's a bit of work to be done that they would hoped we would have hoped could have been could have been done by now. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it is the two form sides in, in the league that I talked to you, which you mentioned earlier on. Celtic unbeaten in ten, City unbeaten in eleven. I mean, City haven't. This is the first point City have dropped since. Oh no, it's not because they drew 0-0 with Celtic. That's nonsense. Ignore that. But um, they're, they're unbeaten obviously since the turn of the year. Um, so yeah, it's a uh, heading forward for an exciting uh, conclusion to the title race. But there was still a couple of other games. Um, let's go Ainsley Park. Spartans three four for Farmington now. Um, pretty comfortable win for Spartans. Campbell, uh, Rebecca, uh, Becky Galbraith getting her eighth goal of the season. Another cat smart goal and Louise Mason. But for me, the the was. Interesting part of this game was that Becky Gilbraith also had a hat trick of offside goals. Um, I think the first two, after watching them a couple of times, I, I can see why they were offside. The third one looked looked on, but I'm I'm willing to be proven wrong by by Campbell, who's usually got a far better eye for this kind of stuff than I do. Hi. <laughs> um, the two in the second half. The first one was definitely offside. The second one, I looked at it and thought, no, she's onside there. But then went back and looked at it, and as I paused it, it was she was just ahead of Leah White was offside but it's the one in the first half for me where there was I think it was Cat Smart put them I can't remember off the top of my head now but somebody put the ball across the goal and I think was it Cassie Cowper maybe for fourth I went to clear it she had it off her own post and then it came to go brave to put it in how on earth can she be offside when it's Cassie Cowper that's headed the ball off her own post I get that there's the cross come in but by that point it's only, if it takes a deflection fair enough she's offside but she totally changed the direction and then hit the post it's it's never, it's never offside. I mean, I've had shouting out to me do with prediction things. I had 3 0, so I was pleased enough with that. But 
sat here late on Sunday night watching it because I'd been watching French football, but I put it on late at night and I was just sat here going crazy. I think, how on earth can you give a refereeing decisions irritate the life out of me? I don't, fair enough if it's basic, it's such a tight one, but something as obvious as that. How the hell can she be offside when the opponent is giving her the ball via her own pot? It's, it's just a daft, daft decision. Didn't make a difference in the end, but for supposedly getting better quality officials, I've yet to see it. Some of the decisions we're getting are just are just crazy, and that was that was another one. It was remarkable that she wasn't given that goal. Yeah, um, you don't see three three offside quote unquote goals very often. So it was a as I as I like you as I was watching, I was going, I can't believe that's another one. Um, uh, Spurs also gave a, a debut to a couple of other kind of academy players, and obviously the performance league has been on hold along with everything else. Um, so it's good to see those kind of players get a run out. And I, I don't know about you, Campbell, but I would like, I know for Farmington have done it as well in the last couple of weeks in terms of players they've brought through. We've talked about Celtic doing it already. Obviously, Rangers maybe don't have the players to do it. They've done a couple, but not, not very many. It's good to see players getting an opportunity because... These national performance teams, these academy teams, they've been on hold just as long without games. So to see these players getting a run out, it's good to see Lily Graham and, and Zoe Murray coming on for, for Spartans late in that game, even if it's just for a couple of minutes. As I mean, clubs are the kind of, especially in Scotland, not got the money to go in and be signing folk all the time. So you need these players coming through in Spartans. Um, Spartans have had sort of that nucleus of a squad there for so long that they're constantly pulled together. Um, and they've got a good youth set up where there's players coming through. And again, there's been, what, four have played over the last few weeks or so been in and around the squad. So it's definitely good to see them getting more game time. Um, Forfar have done it as well. They've kind of been forced into playing a lot of them almost every week and the fact that they've lost such a large number of players. But players will know that if they go to Forfar for Spartans teams like that, they're, they're going to get the chance because they've shown before that they'll give youth, um, they'll give youth game time and they're doing it again. So it's, it's definitely good to see and hopefully it'll kind of encourage both sides to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. And with that defeat, it's uh, Forfar's 10th game of a win. And with that defeat, they actually dropped below Motherwell because Motherwell won one out at Orium. Orium. I think we've had this conversation before and we can't decide. I think everyone says Orium except you. We'll say Orium. One-nil win for Motherwell. A penalty scored by Jade Gallen. Um, brought down by Holly Hitchison in the box. Penalty for you, Campbell? At first year I went no, and then I looked back and I was like, no, and again, definitely. Yeah, she's yeah, she's coming right through her. Um, although talking of I mean, Jade Gallon, obviously, just said well taken penalty, big win for Motherwell. But Julie Fleet and Colton saying Louise Gallon on TV. I mean, come on, get people's names right. It's it's just irritating. But yeah, good penalty and for Motherwell. They've we've said about some of the improvements they've shown. Also, now it's a good good couple of wins in the last few weeks. And now they're um, they've climbed out of the bottom two where it looked they'd be where they'd be stuck for the rest of the season. So good for them, and they'll be they'll be pleased with that. And it's another positive sign for the side that we think will, will do probably a wee bit better next season. Campbell, they are getting the the call from Julie Fleetman and saying going to lay off me about naming the gallons correctly or not. But um, yeah, it's a big big win for Motherwell. Uh, as you say, puts them up the third. I think we both think they will do quite well. Hearts, I mean, they showed the bit of them. Dead. Jenny Smith came showed up well. She had a couple of chances, but again, it seemed like it was a game that not tons of stuff happened in it, so um, we won't dwell too much on it. But yeah, as that stands, it means we go into the midweek games. So there is Wednesday games this time again this week and. Uh, I think Glasgow City against Hearts is the, the televised game. I 
I'm pretty sure it is the Falkirk Stadium. We were talking about it during the week, but it does appear to be the Falkirk Stadium now. That game's live on BBC Alba. Uh, you've got Motherwell Spartans, uh, Forfa Farmington Rangers, and then Hibs versus Celtic uh, at Pennycook Park. That's taken on a bit of extra significance. It maybe it didn't have when the games were picked to which, as to which one was going to be live this midweek, probably. Uh, I don't know why City Hearts is on, in all honesty. Um, Hibs Celtic, certainly the game at that end of the table. Um Tough one for Celtic though. It's probably the hardest of the three games they've got left if they really want to be to be chasing City. Um, if Celtic can win these games, like we say, City are, they've had the better Rangers, but there's no guarantee they'll win that. So Celtic will still will still think they've got um, a chance for the title. But that's certainly going to be a tough test for them against the Hibs side. That if they play like they did against Glasgow City, will will really give them a challenge. But it all depends on which Hibs side turns up. I think that, and this is me speculating, but I think the reason why Glasgow City Hearts would have been the game chosen for TV was because there would have been a scenario where potentially Glasgow City could have won the title on Wednesday night. Now, obviously, that's not the case now because of the results on Sunday. So I can I cannot understand that element of it. Of you want to be there when the team kind of seems the title, but um, yeah, I would I hopefully I, I'm, I'm assuming Forfar Farmington will be on on the old pixel arms, but I don't actually know yet. Same with Motherwell playing the penny cars and Hibs v Celtic. Hibs usually get it up on Facebook. Um, but again, at the time of recording, I've not seen it. I might have gone out, but and I've not seen it yet. Working all day and then straight into this. But yeah, hopefully they'll be available. Because yeah, I think Hibs versus Celtic definitely we uh, want to keep an eye on for sure. But um, that kind of wraps up SWPL1. There's just one last thing maybe to talk about, Campbell. Um, and that is what exactly is going on in SWPL2? Because at the moment... Glasgow is in level three and the rest of the country is in level two and we have three SWPL2 teams in Glasgow and as far as we're aware they can't train and they can't play games so we've seen there are some SWPL2 families going on I think Dundee United played Kelly Hamilton played Stenhouse Muir so there are games going on with SWPL2 sides but um, I, I, I haven't seen anything yet on this Campbell and it's a, considering this, the SWPL2 season is meant to start back on the 6th of June uh, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with this at the moment. Yeah, I mean, something's got to be said, obviously. Comarnock were obviously a replacement for, for Queen's Park, making the trip up to Dundee, they, even they can't now. Um, you would hope there may be some sort of exemption just so we can get the season going because I don't want it to stop again, obviously. And it's a bit unfair on Glasgow and Queen's Park and Patrick Thistle there who have waited for it to come back and are now being told you can't well everyone else can I mean they'll not be happy with that before the season comes back if they're going in having not having trained less than the other side and not been able to play either so something's got to be done but it would be helpful if we got an update now rather than on Friday the 4th of June or whatever it is to tell us oh it's not coming back because that would that, that's likely what happened on the way things have went but hopefully it's, it's something that's sorted soon and we, we get a bit of clarity on it because it's it's going to be tough for the, for those three sides if they're having to play, having not been able to train. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure the season needs to be done by the 4th of July as well. It's not a case of this can kind of hang over again for another couple of weeks. And yeah, I mean, I'm guessing there will be a bit of a wait and see to see if Glasgow drops to level two with everyone else. But if it doesn't, and it does trick in for another week, what happens? Um, does the league get called? I mean, does does it go before? I mean, nobody really knows at the moment. I imagine it, after all this, it gets null and voided and we end up with nobody going up and it's the same eight teams and we just carry on. Um, yeah, uh, certainly something to keep a wee eye on uh, in the next uh, week or so to see what happens. But 
Um, I think we'll we'll call it on that just now and uh, wrap up the podcast. So, Campbell, thank you very much as always for coming on and having a chat. No worries at all. And uh, thank you very much for listening as always. Uh, the support is greatly appreciated and we will be back with a podcast later this week, I'm pretty sure. I think we've I think we've got time and time to get it done after the midweek fixtures because by that point, who knows, maybe Celtic will have got beat and Glasgow City will be champions after all and BBC will have got, got, us, got us by rights uh, in that respect. But until next time, stay safe and we'll speak again soon.